Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to The Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as I have a mundane conversation with you on this Monday. I am your host, Marco Timpano, and I know this one is coming in a little bit late. Usually I like to post the Monday shows earlier, but I've been doing some things And those things have been some work around my cottage. I know I'm often talking about my cottage, and I apologize to anyone who's sort of, I guess bored isn't the right word, because if you're bored of it, then it's working. But um, it sounds a bit pretentious. I realize that. Um, Some people call them cabins. Some people call them lake houses. It's just a little place that we have near a beach called Georgian Bay, which is fed from Lake Huron and is about an hour and a half away from my home in the city. And because I have some time on my hands, I've been up there doing a bunch of work. So I wanted to talk, and I have no guests in the studio with me today, as you may have noticed. I just figured this might be an episode where it's best that I just speak. You know when they say it's like watching paint dry? Well, that's what this episode is going to be like because I'm going to be talking about stains, which is a type of covering for your deck. So I spent the last two days dealing with my wooden deck. And there was two decks I had to address. So the first thing we realized is that we needed to strip the deck or clean the deck of mildew and some old stains that might still be on that aren't really repelling water and keeping the wooden deck healthy, I guess you could say, or at least keeping the wood as pristine or as new as possible. The more it's exposed to the elements, including the sun, the UV rays that will affect the wood, will dry out the wood and cause it to, I guess, crack or cause the grains to sort of open up. I also want to say full disclosure, I am not a deck expert. So 
I'm the type of person who does some reading, goes to a hardware store, the big box stores. I usually go to one or two. I'll ask questions. I'll figure out the type of work I need to do and the best way to go about it within my budget, of course. So let's start with the large deck. So the large deck is not at my cottage, but it's at a neighboring cottage that belongs to my mom. And I needed to address her back deck because the stain that we put on two years ago no longer was viable, let's say. It was no longer working in the way that we want it to work. In other words, when it rained, the rain water did not bead off the deck. Now, with that deck, because the wood was placed fairly recently, it had a newer sort of look. And because we took care of that deck and have been staining it for the last 10 years, every every second year, let's say, second or third year, that deck's condition was not bad, let's say. It was in decent condition. So my sister, she wanted me to use a product that she knew to work very well, and it's an oil. So it's an oil that penetrates the wood, conditions the wood, weatherproofs the wood, and in this case, we went with a natural look. So it wasn't tinted. It just sort of brought forward the look of the wood. So that's great. But before we could do that, we needed to remove, as I mentioned, the mildew, the built-up stains from previous years, clean up any dark spots. And what you do is you get a wood cleaner or conditioner. And some you have to mix with water. And the one that we chose, you didn't. You just have to use a tool that looks like a hard brush. A hard, br- a hard bristled broom, let's say. But the actual broom's width is the size of one standard plank of wood that would be used on a deck. So you need to wet the wood. Then you need to put on this solution with this deck broom, let's say, bristly broom, and really give it a good scrub. At that point you allow that conditioning solution to work its magic and penetrate the wood. And then you take a hose, much like the hose, the exact hose to be exact, that I used to wet the wood prior to put this conditioning solution on, and you wash away this solution. That part of getting the deck ready is the most laborious part. It's the most tedious part, and it is the part that requires the most amount of effort. And so we did that. You need to let it dry for 48 hours before you can apply the stain. So in the meantime, I was also dealing with the small front deck at my cottage. And because the condition of that wood, we had it was an older deck. It hadn't been maintained when we purchased it and then purchase the cottage, I, su- I should say. And then we were, we were maintaining it, but perhaps we, didn't, we weren't as regular. 
so we weren't conditioning it every two to three years. Perhaps it lapsed to four or five years over the last 20 years. So it's seen better days, let's say. But nonetheless, we use this solution, same solution, to really bring it back to as near its original state as we could. And in fact, after we did do that, we scrubbed it, we washed it, the wood looked great. It really looked almost brand new. Oftentimes, leaves will fall on the deck, and over the, over the late fall to spring, those leaves will remain on the deck, and they'll stain the deck. They'll stain it with a dark color, and because it's leaf on top of leaf on top of leaf, it tends to be a mound of darkness with the occasional one-leaf imprint. And so it looks a little bit dingy, shall we say. So we lightened up. We were able to get all that darkness out as well. Now it's time to pick the stains. So as I mentioned, there was a stain that my sister recommended, which was an oil for the large deck. And we oiled that large deck. And fortunately, my oldest cousin, Danny, happened to be helping us up there and he had mentioned to me because he knew we were going to be staining the deck there that there is this brush that I could use to stain the deck now previously my sister and I would use a deck brush much like a paintbrush to paint the deck but that took a lot of time that took a lot of patience that had us on the deck sort of painting as we went. So I was in search of this mysterious pad brush that my cousin had told me about. And lo and behold, after the third hardware store I went to, they had this pad brush. And what it was, was a sponge type brush that had two parts that were longer on either side of it. So picture a catfish's whiskers kind of had that look to it so that when you submerged the sponge brush and it would be on the end of a broom handle or some long handle you would submerge this sponge brush with the whisker hanging parts into the stain and it was once again the width of a standard plank of wood that you would use for a deck the whiskery sponge would go between the deck. So it would go between the, the plank so that it would coat the sides of the deck that are, um, how would I describe this? The, the, the plank that has a bit of space between the next plank, those whiskers would go in and paint the wood that's between, paint the planks between each other. So where the space is, that little whisker would go in and it would paint and we could we could really execute this particular job in a fraction of the time that it takes to go on your hands and knees and paint the deck and so i was very fortunate i considered myself so fortunate and i'm so grateful to my cousin who you will be hearing on an upcoming episode because i had the opportunity to actually record a podcast episode with him up at the cottage and uh, 
I don't know how you'll feel about it by the time you hear the end of it, but I was grateful that he told me about this brush. So we did that this morning, and it didn't take us I, – I thought it would take us four hours, and it maybe took us an hour total to do the whole thing. And I was so impressed. I was so pleased. Now, cut to the small deck, which is the deck that I had mentioned that had more weathered wood that is at my cottage. So that particular deck, the wood, whereas I got it to its bright white look, it needed more than just an oil. An oil wasn't going to cut it at this point. We had oiled it in the past and, you know, it worked, but at this point, it needed a little bit more. So I went to one of these big box hardware stores, and I spoke to this wonderful uh, woman who worked at the paint counter. And I said to her, okay, so this deck we're going to address, the wood isn't great. It's got some cracks in it or some, I hate to say cracks because you think that's breaking apart, but it has some separation uh, where the grains of wood lie. And she said, okay, there's a few things you could do. You could use deck paint, which is a paint. But once you start painting it, that's it. It's paint. You, it will kind of chip or wear down, and you'll just be painting on top of it. You can't go back to oil if you go with paint. And that, of course, makes total sense. So then she said, you want to make sure that you use something oil-based and not necessarily water-based. That was her opinion. She said you could use whatever you want, of course, but oil sort of soaks into the grain of wood and helps to preserve, conserve, and keep it looking its best. That was her opinion, and I saw some logic in that. So she said, but if you want to give your deck some color, because I felt like at this point the deck needed some color, and I didn't want to commit to paint. But I didn't think oil, which just brings out the natural color of the wood. And I should mention that my mom's wood is kind of blonde with a hint of red in it. So I don't know if that's auburn. Is that auburn? I'm going to say auburn. It might not be auburn, but it has a really golden reddish hue to it. It's not cedar, because, of course, if somebody was to describe a reddish wood, I would immediately lean towards cedar. But as you may know, cedar tends to be a more pricey wood. And, of course, a deck looks beautiful in cedar. I know we did not purchase cedar wood planks when we built that deck many years ago. So it's your standard poplar or pine. I don't think it's pine. Pine's too soft for a deck. It's your standard, inexpensive, treated wood, and it had a golden red hue to it. So I'm sure someone who deals with wood would be able to identify the exact type of wood. And if that's you, feel free to let me know what that is. So that's, and that deck ended up looking marvelous. And one of the great things about this oil that my sister recommended, because there's a few different ones you could purchase is that it only really requires one coat. You can put a second coat on, depending on the condition of the wood. So if you feel the wood needs more, certainly you can add another coat to it. But it says that this particular brand, this particular oil, 
only requires one coat. And in fact, when you put it on, you can see that it only requires one coat because I have used other brands and where they may be a little less expensive, you end up using so much more of it. You need to do two coats that oftentimes you spend more because you need to purchase another gallon to finish the job. So my sister was right. I rarely say that. She was right in this case. So back to my deck. So the paint salesperson at the big box store that I had gone to, this lovely woman named Claire, actually. Claire, if you're listening, you probably won't remember me or the questions I asked, but I'm very grateful. Claire said, I might want to try a semi-transparent stain. And so it has some color in it, but it's not so opaque as a actual paint. And it's not clear like a stain. It's sort of this in-between. And she said, if you really like the look of it, then the following two years, you might want to go ahead and paint. But it's sort of this nice in-between. So my cottage is a is a brown, let's say a chestnut brown. But for years now, I've wanted to lighten it up. And I own it with my sister. I co-own it with my sister. So it's always a question of, you know, coming to an agreement on what we both would like. And so I was like, how do I tell my sister that I want a gray, almost Cape Cod looking um, color? And we'll get back to Cape Cod in a moment. So my sister and my wife, Amanda, went for a walk and they saw a bunch of cottages that are in the area. And my sister said to Amanda, oh, that color looks really nice. And it was a gray. And Amanda said, oh, that's actually the color that Marco likes too. So I looked through a sample chart of different colors and I had picked more of a tan color at first. And then I opened the pamphlet larger because it was quite a few. And I noticed a light gray that I really liked. And it was called Cape Cod. The color was called Cape Cod. So I circled it and I said to my sister, these are the three colors I like. Actually, I said, these are the three I liked, which were in the tan colors. And then later on, I saw the Cape Cod and I circled it. So I said to her, do you care what color I go with? And she said, no. And I said, I circled a different one that I like best. And she goes, I'm fine with it. I go, it's more in the gray. She goes, no, I'm fine with it. I want it lightened up. So I got the Cape Cod. And at this point, I didn't have that brush that I had talked about that had the catfish whiskers. So I used an actual paintbrush to paint the first coat on the deck. And I had to use it because it that deck has a railing. And I don't know if you could have used that whisker brush. I'm going to just call it whisker brush from now on. It has a name, but I can't think of it. And um, so it's a small deck. So I did it with a single paintbrush in my hands, and I really worked on getting every little nook and cranny covered in paint or in semi, semi-stain, semi-tinted stain. Is that what, no, I don't remember what it's called. A semi-tinted, a semi-tinted stain, yeah. 
And uh, as I'm putting it on, I'm thinking, oh, this is very light. Oh, no, this might be too light. And I'm painting and I'm painting. And the more I'm painting, the more I'm thinking, did I go too light? My sister's not here to give me her counsel on it, whether she likes it or not. No one was around, really. Amanda wasn't around. My mother wasn't around. But I just continued to paint. I was listening to podcasts and painting and painting and painting. And then when I got almost the last little stitch of paint, I was actually sort of cleaning up. I was taking some debris away, and I just had a couple of smaller spots to attend to. These people happened to be walking by, and the gentleman said, I was cutting the grass yesterday at your neighbor's cottage. I've been doing some work there. I said, yes, I did see you. And he goes, and I saw you stripping the deck. And I said, yes. And he goes, and I think your stain and what you did looks amazing. So I got some validation from a stranger who had actually seen the work that I had been doing. And then my mother came by and said it looked great. And then Amanda looked at it and loved it. Of course, Amanda's from Massachusetts, and she used to summer in Cape Cod. So for her, that look is something that really reminds her of her youth and home. And now the big test was my sister, who was not at the cottage. She was back home. So I was like, I hope she likes it. Now, the stunning thing about this particular color is that it makes the flowers we chose really stand out. So we have little planter boxes with flowers. I seem to always go back to flowers on this podcast, flowers, books, and paint, to be quite honest with you. And these flowers really stand out now, I think. I will post I will post a photo of the newly painted deck with the flowers on Instagram in case you're curious to know what it looks like. Might not be your cup of tea, but it certainly is mine, so I like it. Anyways, so that is the stain. Now, here are some interesting things with stain and paint and whatnot. You want to let it cure. So you don't want to put anything on the deck for at least a good 24 hours. While it might be dry to touch, if you put something heavy on and then you remove it, the stain or paint or anything that you put might adhere to the bottom of, let's say, a chair that you put on it. And so then you'll have to deal with that. So it's best to let it cure, including if you paint your home, the walls in your home. I was always told you should let it cure for a week before you put pictures on the wall. Uh, let the paint dry to its fullest extent and expression before you do things to that wall. Something I read or learned not always easy. Oftentimes you want to put your treasured photos and pictures and a painting on the wall. So I understand that as well. And of course, if you're going to put a nail, try to find the stud. If you don't know what the stud is, it is the piece of wood that sort of is, you know, six, I think they're six inches apart that frame the wall. And uh, once the nail's in there, it's very secure. Make sure you have nails that can hold the weight of whatever you're going to be putting on it. So let's say you have a framed glass photo and it's 50 pounds. That's five zero. 
you want to make sure that your nail that you put in the wall can support the weight of 50 pounds. Actually, you probably want it to be able to support more than 50 pounds, but at the very minimum, 50 pounds. Then I washed the brushes. Oh, here's a tip. This is actually something I learned from my sister, who I will say that during the recording of this podcast called me because she happened to go to the cottage this evening and she just saw it and said both decks looked fantastic. So she was very pleased. So I breathe a sigh of relief knowing that she is happy with the work and the color choices that were made. I will say this though, if you're painting with a brush and you're going to go back to that work, so let's say you are going to do a second coat, but you're not going to get to it till the following day and you don't want to rinse out your brush because you're just going to submerge it in that paint again. Here's a little tip that I learned. Take your plastic wrap, your saran wrap, whatever you call it, that plastic sheet wrap that you use to sort of cover food, to put it in the fridge, and wrap your brush with that and then put it in the refrigerator. Of course, make sure that there's no paint that's leaking out, that it's covered completely so you don't stain the inside of your fridge. I would hate for you to do that. But... If you do that, the paint that's on that brush will not dry and you can then use it the next day or two days later and it will stay fresh and ready to use. Or you could just wash the brush and dry it and make sure that it's ready for its next use for certain. But if you're going to do it the next day, that's a little tip. And I did that because I, oops, that was a paper that I just touched. Um, and that's what I did because I was going I was going to do some touch-ups the next day. Um, and I did, and I used it, and I was very happy for that. Well, that's the end of this episode where I talk essentially about paint drying, stain drying, application of those products on decks. I hope you did enjoy it. hope you did enjoy this episode, and I really hope you did fall asleep, manage to just chill and find your way there. Um, You know, I'm always asking for suggestions for topic ideas, and I always welcome that. So please, as always, I love reviews, five-star reviews in particular. And if you haven't done it and you're enjoying this podcast and you remember the next day to do so, that would be great. And if you don't, that's great too. We're just happy to have you. Until the next time, Actually, until Wednesday, I hope you have a great first part of your week. I'm Marco Timpano. This is The Insomnia Project.